This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 10th, episode 2453. How is that possible? This episode is brought to you by Stateline Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. That's right. We are here to get you through your day. And on today's Horse Nutrition Podcast Horse Health segment, we speak with Farrier Daisy Bicking about composite and glue-on shoes. Plus, we and I'll tell you what, composite and glue-on shoes have cost me a lot of money over the last year. <laughs> That's why you're getting to the bottom of it. <laughs> now I know why she booked her. <laughs> Plus, we welcome the host of the newest show on the Horse Radio Network. It's called Rain In your herd and we discuss uh, an email i received at the end of the show so listen in for that we had said that today we were going to have the good folks over at black rains on and like we do every month but uh, they couldn't make it today so we will get them on uh we we were off last week which is their normal time and they just couldn't make today happen so we will have them on and and uh very shortly here so we'll look forward to that uh jamie they found a 17 17- Hundred year old saddle in Mongolia. It's the most well preserved saddle of that age that they've ever found. And I know you looked at the pictures this morning. This looks a lot like the McClellan military saddles that were still used up until the 1900s. 1700 years ago. That is insane. I mean, what I want to know is there's no girth on it. I want to know what they used for a girth, but it is like a, it's like a, yeah, like a saddle tree, like a wooden saddle tree. It is, and it looks a lot like the McClellans, right? It has the cutout in the seat, and it has the riser in the back, and then the riser in the front. Uh, but I believe there was a Philip Dutton saddle that had the middle out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, it. there must have been leather or something over it, don't you think? I don't know. I I mean, my God, they what else did they find? Because there was a lot of stuff that they found in there that was pretty science. It was a burial, it's a it's a burial cave that they found thirteen hundred meters above sea level and they it just contained a lot of stuff. They had this wooden saddle and it's so well preserved. I mean it 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 doesn't look rotted at all. Uh, they found some iron bits. And if you scroll down in that article, I'll post a link to it in our show notes. If you scroll, I'm posting it on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page. Right now, uh, there so you go. If you look at the iron bit, I mean, they're different, but they're not that different, right? <laughs> I mean, it's... Oh, I haven't seen the bits. Hold on. Yeah, scroll down a little bit and you'll see Ooh. the bit. I, I mean, it's a little harsh, well, quite rounded edges, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I think they did the best they could with their tools back then. Um, I mean, come on, guys. Can't you make that a little <laughs> softer in the horse's mouth? No, that's crazy. Uh, it's a, like a snaffle bit. Yeah, it that's looks like a snaffle bit. Now, the old. cheek pieces are different. They're bent. And I, I don't know they're if they're... bone. Are they bone? Is that horns. what it says? They're ah. horns as the cheek pieces. So basically, ah. it's like a full cheek. I want a bone full, a horn full <laughs> cheek snaffle. So yeah, I don't well, know. What, does it say what kind this. of bone? 
It's 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 horn. So uh, oh, okay, that's, good. Yeah, it wasn't uh, your enemy's bones? That's what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> the bones of my enemy. Uh, because these were military saddles, they also found a compound bow, arrowheads, a leather quiver, which is amazing that that lasted that long. This must have been a very dry cave, uh, and an iron hook and a wooden container. So it had to be very dry for all of this thing, you know, all of this stuff to have survived this long. And when you look at the pictures of the quiver and the shoes and the container and everything. Thing. It's just so well preserved. That's seventeen hundred years ago. Let's see, you're three hundred. I was going to say, what year is my? Let me do my math here. Three hundred AD. You know, wow, yeah, that's crazy. And Mongolia seems to be the place they always find this stuff, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it seems to be the place they find this ancient stuff. I love the comments underneath it. That saddle looks really comfortable, but that bit looks savage. And somebody's <laughs> like, "There's nothing savage about that bit at all. It's a common sidebar snaffle." Uh, really? Are, are you telling me that they had a name for a sidebar snaffle in the year 320? <laughs> <laughs> That's really it's really incredible when they find this stuff and they do find a lot of horse stuff from back then obviously because we used horses a lot back then. So yeah. Uh usually find it and I love when they find the old chariots and stuff buried with the people. That that's always fun too. But anyway, I'll post a link to that. You need to go look at it. It's really cool and it's on horsetalk.co.nz. It's one of our favorite sites to look because they carry this really interesting sciencey stuff a lot. They do. They I love we need to get somebody on from that because I've been reading their page for their website for years oh we've years had it on this years. show for years yeah <laughs> horsetalk.co.nz yeah. it is just fascinating stuff so i've posted a link to it on our horses in the morning facebook good. page cool very good all right let's do some daily winnies and then we'll get on with the show Well, my daily Winnie is a happy birthday out to our auditors, Nancy Bowman, Diane Brooks, and Christy Parsons. Happy birthday to all of you, and here you go. double daily Winnie because first it goes to Kayla Muller, our listener who I think one of our hosts and one of our hosts. Yeah. Uh, and I think that she had probably the strangest 52 thoroughbred experience, which is she was riding on the road, I think. And somebody stopped her and they're like, Hey, did you hear about those horses that need homes? And she's like, well, let me guess. 52 of them. <laughs> They're like, yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Ginger uh, sent me this and I'm going to read it because this Glenn is a legit cry for help. Okay. And this is a way you can actually reach out and help. 52 panda bears need homes. We'll go to Wuhan this Saturday for slaughter. It's a photo of like a hundred baby pandas. Gentleman died due to COVID-19 and his son who works for a Ukrainian oil company wants nothing to do with them. Most of them are brood bears. They're not broken. And some are in the panda family way. Weanlings, younglings, two years and three years. Most are tubby, free and black and white. Friend of the deceased is trying to find homes. 1-800-52-BEARS in Bearsville, Ohio. (laughs) I would hate to see these pandas put down. Please, someone help. They're free and papered. (laughs) I've seen that, too. They've made unicorn ones. The memes are pretty good this year. People are being clever. This one, I feel like we haven't had... 
it's like it it happens every year, but this one is worse. I don't know why the the fifty two oh, thoroughbred thing is all, worse. I think it's just I don't know. I think it's just the nature of the internet now. <laughs> just anything goes viral now. It's crazy. But my podcasting friends have been just tagging me like crazy. So I finally put out a post this morning that said, if any of them tags me again, they're going to have to buy me a drink at PodFest next year. I saw And then you're like, and I drink expensive girly drinks. Yeah, you drinks. know, I drink expensive girly drinks. I don't drink cheap beer. So <laughs> it's going to cost them some money next year. Hey, yeah. Uh, before we get to, we, we have coming up, we're going to play one of our Trickery Wealth segments that we talked about taxes, because there's a whole bunch of tax changes this year that apply to horse people. So Somewhere, gonna... my husband's blood pressure just spiked hearing that word. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they extended the tax deadline, but it's only a month away. So anyway, uh, Horse and Hound put out... So a... I'm a month away from having to file for an extension. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> we, talk, we talk about that too. Um, so that's coming up in a minute. But I, I wanted to tell you, the Horse and, House put, Horse and Hound put out a crappy list that I wanted to talk to you about. And it literally is a crappy list because it's the nine unpleasant jobs that horse owners have to do. And I want to, let's talk about them and I don't want to see if we rate them. Let's rate our top three crappiest. Okay, I have some ginormous news to tell you though. What's that? So do you want to do my ginormous horse update news or do you want me oh, to I wait? Oh, I thought we were going to, we talked about maybe waiting for that for the post show. Cause... No, no, no. I know that that was, I went and looked at a horse on Monday and it, so basically I went Oklahoma horse shopping on Monday and you have to be an auditor and listen to the post okay, show. Yeah. Can we decide that was probably that. best to be put there? But so. I did something else, Glenn. What'd you do? I want you to go look at my Facebook page right now. Oh my God, I'm in love. Okay, so what I did is I, you know, I sold Drax, I sold Groot, I sold Okie, I've sold everything that wasn't, they weren't even for sale. If and I've sold If it oh was nailed, horse. if it wasn't nailed down, she sold it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I didn't mean to. So, and again, Drax is still on trial. So we're, you know, I, I want to make sure they like him. But I would like to point out that I decided to go horse shopping at Horse and Hound yesterday. And I went up to Horse and Hound with my friends. I'm not seeing anything on your page. Oh, is that on your business page? It's on. Well, I just shared it to my personal page too, um, because I went. I went up to Horse and Hound, and I was like, I'm going to shop for me. And I looked at like 20 horses at Horse and Hound. By the way, they have adopted 48 horses out, and it's June. They usually do 30 horses a year. They are down to like. 32 horses right now. She's like, only 32. Usually we have 50, 55. But she's picking up the more coming this weekend. So anyway, yeah, I went same thing from all of the rescues we've been hearing from are doing record numbers. Well, she has one less today because <laughs> I found one and he I, I was like, okay, I want something four or older. I want something under, like I always seem to get these ginormous horses. And I was like, I want something 16 hands or smaller, you know, 15, two to 16. Yeah, for those that don't know, Jamie's a five, two and three quarters. And I always end up with these ginormous horses. And then I have Zeus and I'm like, he's so fun. Cause he's 15, one and I've always ridden giant horses. So I, I, I found this, this horse, his name is Falcon Hayes. And again, I looked at Poor Nelda. I drug her all around that farm yesterday. I was like, what about this one? <laughs> Let me see this one. Um, Falcon's cute. Oh my God. He is so sweet. So he, um, he's about 15 to 15, three Bay plain Bay with a star, but he trots like a war. I mean, he like, he trots like a Panther. He's so lovely and he's so sweet. And he, so 
in the world of like racing horses, every horse race, a horse gets a number. It's got a speed rating and they kind of, I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but it's like a algorithm to figure out how fast the horse ran and the horses that run like in the Derby and those top top tier horses will have speed ratings of over a hundred, you know, like 106 is huge. That's great. And then you go to like a Remington park and you're lucky if you see horses that have like a 60 speed rating. So they've been rated as going at 60, which is why they're not, you know, derby horses that just can't go that fast. It's like a different class. And then you look at Falcon Hayes, F-A-L-F-A-L-K-E-N-H-A-Z-E. And you won't have to rename him. Falcon's a cool name. Oh, my God. Uh, do you know what they call an F-16? A Falcon. It's uh, the Fighting Falcon. Well, that's so, appropriate. And plus, isn't there a superhero named Falcon? And you go to the superhero thing. <gasps> oh my God! I didn't even think about that. Isn't there one? Yes. Okay, we're yeah. naming him after Falcon, not the plane. That's way cooler. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I don't have to change it. But Falcon Hayes, I would like to say he raced one time, and again with the speed ratings, you know, they give it to the horses after. And again, at Remington Park, if you see a sixty, that's great. Derby horses are in the hundreds, uh, a hundred over a hundred. And um, Falcon Hayes, I would like to say that his speed rating was fourteen. <laughs> fourteen. What did he trot? Coming in under coming in on time for your cross country might be interesting. Uh, he must have trotted the whole darn thing. He earned ninety dollars in that race. Like, screw you, people! Race. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I wish that it, it's not on video. It was, it was last year. It's not on video. I can't find it. I would pay to watch how sad <laughs> the race was. One, how bad is it when they're like one race? You have spent the breeding fee. You've done all the things that you need to do. Breed it. Find the stud fee. Get the mare. Mate, mate fold it out. Raise it, feed it, train it, start it, send it to a trainer, get it to the track. And they were like, one race. He's out. You know what it said in the program? His heart wasn't in it. Like, yeah, no <laughs> Is that kidding. what it said? <laughs> That's probably what it said. His heart wasn't in it. I just, he, he really, it, well, he ran backwards. <laughs> Four I've never seen a speed rating of 14. That is so sad. <laughs> but like all that work and they're well, like, you know, if he bolts, what? you're not going very fast. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let me get off and show you how to bolt. <laughs> so, so he's really cute. He's really sweet. He just did not have it in him. And I just love that. They were like, after one race, they're like, all right, you're out. And all of that money, they probably had $20,000 in them at least. And then they just send him to a rescue. Now you're done. Go to the rescue. I'm glad they did because he's really nice. I would like to thank the owner, Juan Padilla, for doing that. Um, but yeah, awesome. <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> See complete stats. Yeah. So what's can. he, uh, was he just used for that? Did anybody do with him anything with him after? He's no. just he. I think he got to horse and hound in February, and he's he five seems to years be a little old. more trained than some of them. You get in right away. I, he, you know what? It's amazing. He's not abused. Um, you know that's the whole thing. Is nobody? He he raced one time. Not that everybody who races abuses horses, because I've had a lot that have come with a lot of races that are lovely, but a lot of them that I have seen also have been whacked in the face and yeah. and distrust. And he just kind of has this attitude of like meh, whatever. 
I couldn't catch him in the field yesterday, you know, at Horse and Hound. So he's got that going for him. He does have some behavior. So oh, you'll right. be able to. He'll but he be, you'll be whistling angel. to him in no time. Oh, yeah. No, he, he let me catch him this morning already. He's like, oh, you're the food person. Got it. Check. So is um, this uh, one you're thinking about showing again? Back to showing? Or? I am. I think that I, I, I so I kind of just wanted something that I could. I would be a little further along and you'll hear about the horse that I go went to see on Monday and, and what I would have been faced with. I just wanted something that I could, that was older. So it wasn't three years old that I had to kind of wait on the development. Mm. Um, and I wanted something older, something more kind of ready and something co- like with a nice personality. With a speed rating of 14. <laughs> a speed rating of 14. That is the saddest thing I have ever So you're going to do Western pleasure classes? Is that what you have? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think he really likes to trot, Glenn. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, you know, he got off the trailer and he was a little up and he's like, you know, he's going to need, he's going to need to be restarted. But I rode him out of the round pen on the first ride. And the girls at Horse and Hound have ridden him, I think, twice um, since he's been there. And he just has a really fair mind, uh, really sweet. I feel like I just found a, a, a diamond, you know, a gem. I, I'm really excited about him. I was supposed to keep him a couple of days and make sure. And I rode him this morning and Chad's like, uh-oh. <laughs> You're done. I was like, oh my god, I love him so much. Falcon, yeah, just that, like the Avenger. I God, keep him to make sure. Yeah, that's a joke. You all say that, but it's just a joke. I'm supposed to have him on trial for like three days. No, he's mine. He's <laughs> mine. So sorry, horse and hound. You're not getting him back. <laughs> now I got to go pick up another horse to be trained from them because I was <laughs> that was the deal. I was like, if you don't want him, we'll just just train him. Now I'm like, he's mine. I'm keeping him. <laughs> Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like I've said that about 4,500 times in the last (laughs) 10 years. (laughs) But I mean it. Congratulations. I'm really excited about him. He's so cute. He is cute. cute. He's cute. He's He's built for you. How big was he again? Like 15.3. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because you were were in the 16.5 range. That was too big. The last two I've had have been, yeah, 16.2. Drax and Groot were both, and Groot, Drax is probably close to 16.3. And I'm like, I would like to just not have to still trail riding and getting, having to get off and get back on is always a treat when. Yeah. And then even on the mounting block, you're still like, maybe you have to drop the stirrup a hole or two. All right, let's go to uh, our first segment today. As you know, we've been doing regular financial segments with Chicory Wealth, and I got to catch up with Christina. And because this year they changed all the tax things around uh, when they were due, and they changed some of the rules and all of that, and a lot of this applies to horse people. Uh, and you're right, uh, Chad and Jennifer, who who works on our taxes, is now, now cringing. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's hear from Chicory Wealth, and then we're coming back to talk in our horse health segment about glue-on shoes and composite shoes with one of the foremost experts in the country on that. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. We're excited to bring you another educational series here on the Horse Radio Network. This time, we're going to talk about finances with certified financial planner Christina Kramlick of Chicory Wealth. As horse owners, finances are something that we are acutely aware of, and hopefully this series will help us better understand where we are and where we can go with our financial situation. 
Well, as you know, I am here with Christina from Chicory Wealth, and we're here with our continuing financial series. And I wanted to talk to you today about taxes. Because, you know, there's been a lot of upheaval this year in the tax uh, rules and what's due when. And I've been kind of confused, although I was very happy because I haven't filed my taxes yet and I'm not late. Uh, So, you know, what's going on in the tax world and where are we at? With everything going on, it's awfully nice that they did extend. Um, Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, because lots of people had a lot of change as a result of the pandemic. And people are just waking up to the fact that everything's reopening and realizing they may need more help than usual navigating taxes this year. You know, just all the illnesses, job losses, family members and having health troubles, you know, or worse, along with the big normal life events like marriage, children, divorce, that can all translate into changes to your taxes. So I thought we'd just dive deep into a few thoughts and reminders as we go into this tax season. So hopefully you knew there is a deadline extension because if you didn't know it, you you missed it. Um, July 15th, federal tax filing deadline payment. It also applies to this year's estimated tax payment that was originally due April 15th. And the next payments due originally due June 15th. So just do them both on July 15th. Your state estimated taxes may be different. You may um, be able to extend those, but you should check the Institute of CPAs website for your state to confirm because each state has slightly different rules. You know, that seems so far away when they postponed it, July 15th, but it's only five weeks, people. It's right around the corner. (laughs) Yep. Comes up quick. So, yeah. So make that appointment today with your accountant. July 15th is also the deadline to contribute to your IRA for 2019. You got a couple extra months to make that contribution. So I think we can all you know, say three cheers for that. Um, doesn't seem like a big deal, but it kind of is if you've been sort of, you know, waiting on the sidelines during all this topsy-turvy stuff. Again, make an appointment with your accountant if you work with one, because it could take longer to do your taxes than it normally does this year because of all the changes in the tax code and any disruptions that you may have experienced during the year. Keep in mind also, and this is really important, if you lived out of your normal home state for longer than you usually do this year due to the pandemic, you may have to pay taxes in the state in which you were temporarily located. Each state that has their own to rules. a lot of horse people, huh? I know. Yeah. It's, especially this and year. I, yeah, especially this year. A lot of people said, hey, I'm just going to, you know zip off to this mountain cabin that, you know, I have access to or whatever, and, you know, I can work remotely, et cetera. Well, you know, you may have to pay taxes in the state in which that cabin is located. So check the state rules. If you're wondering, just check with your accountant. Be sure that you have your date set. If you drove there, when you crossed the state line, if you flew there, the same. So um, how much work you did, all of that when you came back. Just make sure you know all those things and you have the dates so that you don't have to spend a lot of time looking that up. And if you need even more time to file, request a filing extension until October 15th. There's a free file link on irs.gov. You don't need to provide a reason to extend to that date, but you will still need to pay beforehand. So so for both regular filing and to file an extension, e-filing is always a good idea if you don't do it already. 
paper document processing capabilities at the IRS are going to be very limited this year and going forward. So just get into the habit of e-filing from now on. What other changes should we keep in mind that went into effect this year? Because I know there was more than just that. There was. Yeah, the SECURE Act was signed at the end of last year before all this craziness begins. So all those changes take effect this year. And without going into every single one of them, here are some of the big ones that might affect Horse Radio Network listeners. One, they pushed the age for required minimum distributions to 72, uh, keeping with the fact that Americans are living longer. It's also nice because nobody could keep uh, the previous like 70 and a half date straight. It's always difficult to calculate. So 72 is a nice round number, and that's when you need to start taking your RMDs. And given, given that Americans are working longer as well, they eliminated the age limits for contributing to IRAs. So that's an added benefit too. Another interesting change is they cut the length of what's been referred to as the stretch IRA, which is, or, or just simply known as the stretch, when distributions of inherited IRAs could be stretched out over the lifetime of the beneficiary. This has now been reduced to 10 years in most cases. It used to be that advisors would often recommend naming the youngest family member as the beneficiary of retirement plans because the distributions of inherited IRAs could be stretched out over their lifetimes, which would allow the underlying holdings to have more time to appreciate. So this rule removes that wrinkle and limits the stretch to 10 years. So if if, if you have a beneficiary named with that previous rule in place, you may want to think about altering things. They also made some changes to support young families that are trying to save and reduce student loan debt. For example, with 401ks, the new rules allow for part-time workers to participate, whereas in the past they haven't been able to. Also, the SECURE Act made the change to allow for new parents to take out up to $5,000 each from their retirement plans in the year following the event for a qualifying birth or adoption, uh, and that is without the usual 10% penalty. Oh, well, that's, so, I don't know about that one. So if you, you know, obviously if you, everybody has extra expenses when it comes to having a kid so they can take out uh, at that point. Other oh, 401k, he, right? Right. Yes. And, you know, the other thing is there's a stipulation that you can repay the monies back into the retirement account if you want. Uh, okay. um, but as always, just because it's available doesn't mean you should use it. But it's nice to have options, especially in a year like this where a lot of people mm. have job disruptions and so the other thing, though, that I think is really useful is the SECURE Act loosens some of the terms of 529 accounts um, to allow plan funds to be put towards apprenticeship programs, private elementary and secondary schools, homeschooling, and religious schools, rather than just college. So that's a real benefit. And the 529 and now- account is the one that allows you to save for your child's education? That's right. Yeah. Yes. It's a it's an account where you can uh put in the money and the uh withdrawals for college expenses, tuition, um, are are withdrawn tax free. And usually there are a number of state plans um that that sponsor five twenty nines. Um, and so it depends on which state plan you use. You do not have to use the state plan that corresponds to the state that you live in. Um but 
So there's slight variations in the various plans that are offered, but it's a great way to save for college. So what this is saying is that you can actually use it a little sooner for elementary and secondary school? You sure can. Okay. Yes. Right. It allows for more flexibility than, than they were allowing previously. Because I know a lot of times this comes from grandparents, doesn't it, when these are set up? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, an, a great, it's a really useful estate planning tool. The 529 plan also, can you pay back student loans with that? You can. That was another um, another uh, thing that uh, the SECURE Act enabled, which is that um, you can use leftover funds in a 529 to reduce the student debt straight out of the fund. So that's very helpful as people are graduating into a tough, you know, tough economy. We don't know quite how tough it's going to be. But if you have leftover funds in the 529, those can be put towards eliminating the student debt. Very good. Well, I hope that answers some of your your basic tax questions. Obviously, we encourage you to seek out a uh, tax professional for any uh, more in-depth answers, especially when it comes to states. As Christina said, they're all different, every single one of them. So definitely do that. Christina, if people wanted to get more help from you uh, when it comes to financial planning, what do they do? They should go to our website, which is www.chicorywealth.com and click to uh, contact us and you can reach me very quickly. Shoot me an email and I'll get right back to you as soon as I can. Very good. Thanks a bunch. We'll talk to you again next time. That sounds good. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you for joining us for our financial discussion today. These concepts are broad in nature and may or may not apply to you. The content is provided for informational purposes only. Please see your financial advisor or call Christina at chicorywealth.com to discuss your individual needs. That's chicorywealth.com. Well, when I head over to Stateline Tech today, I still see that 30% off your order code pop up. Do you get that too? It's like it's free all the time. I mean, <laughs> I just thought that would be gone by now, but it's still there. Do you yeah, get it, it off of every up, order? Just popped up on mine, too. Well, that's awesome because <laughs> they have those. Oh, dude, I'm going to shop again today. I really need some lightweight summer breeches, you know, but like not the ones that are so thin that the, your knees start to rub on the saddle. And there are a lot of See, I thought you were going to say so tights. thin that your cellulite shows. Uh... Well, that too, <laughs> obviously. But if I had any, I like Yeah, I didn't start so... saying you did, but that's where I thought you were going with that. Sure. <laughs> God, are you telling me I have cellulite? There's so many ways I could have responded to that. Yeah, you um, did. And you chose the adult way. I'm proud of you. I'm growing. <laughs> You're a jerk. Apparently, I'm uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of summer breeches on sale, equine couture, and the Tough Rider breeches. I can't say couture without saying couture. <laughs> Doesn't it? It does. It is a word that seems like it needs embellishment. Why do I need to say it like that? Oh my gosh! They have Farnham Endure. My fly spray is on sale starting at $9. Oh my goodness. What is happening? All right. So yeah, go to Stateline Tech and check out all the deals. They have a lot of stuff that is on sale right now. And uh, also they have, they have ulcer guard for $35 a pop. That's insane. That's yeah. really ulcer guard is uh, one of those that you, you need to buy it when you can get, when you can get yeah. it at a, at a special price. 
That's, That's really for sure. Nice. Uh, uh, also, the they have all of the Amigo. Remember, we've been talking about the Amigo fly sheets and the Rambo fly sheets and all of that. Yes. They, they have all of those there as well, up on sale of 25 to 45% off. So go over there and check. You never see those on sale at the beginning of the season. So it's a good time to head on over there and check those out as well. And, and, and look for that 30% off coupon that pops up when you first go. You know, I realized too that my 15, 300 brand new thoroughbred is going to need like all sorts of clothes because he's probably like a 75 in like blankets and stuff. And maybe I can find like a good deal. Chad's like, you're already shopping for winter. Like right now, a lot earlier. Cause I was like in the crosses. I'm like, he's going to need a smaller blanket. Like, oh, so we're keeping him then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By yes. the way, let me give you a trick. If, if that pop-up doesn't happen for you, it probably may- means that you've been to state line recently and it's, there's a cookie in there that's blocking it. So if you go to state line and you press control F5, if you have a PC, you can press control F5 at the same time. It will, cl- it super clears the cash on that page and it'll probably pop up then. So control F5, if you really want to clear that page and make it clean as could be and get any pop-ups that you really want to pop up, that's how you do it. So order from your phone. <laughs> <laughs> or go to your phone. There you go. All right, let's uh, go to our next guest. Uh, today's Horse Health Report is brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. The Horse Nutrition Podcast covers topics that you will love. It highlights the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and what kind of nutrition they're given. A part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series, go to PurinaMills.com slash Full Rain to see them all. A new episode just hit today, this morning, about the amazing horses at the Brave Hearts Therapy center and how they work with veterans and what they do and they do this amazing 20 mile ride through the middle of the city uh that they talk about too and how how they train the horses for that so it's a really cool program you can hear about it right now on the horse nutrition podcast out today well why don't you do the intro for our next guest i wrote it out for you today and uh, i will get her on the line that's your way of saying, read what I wrote. Um, joining us now is Daisy Vicking of Daisy Haven Farm in southeastern Pennsylvania. The farm rehabilitates horses with foot issues, specializing in horses with metabolic disorders and laminitis. And Daisy has studied a broad spectrum of barefoot trimming styles, composite material applications, and many other alternate alternative support options. So today... Daisy on to talk to us about composite shoes and why and when they are needed. Hello, Daisy. Yep. Oh, we're still waiting for Daisy. Hello. Hi, Daisy. Hey. Good morning. Hi. You're on with Jamie and Glenn. You're live on Horses in the Morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Well, we were just to, uh, I kind of before you a- start there, Jamie. Are you talking directly into the phone, Daisy? No speaker. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay, good. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. Okay, All great. Right. We'll give it a go. So t- tell us a little bit about Daisy Haven Farm. Yeah, thanks. So uh, Daisy Haven Farm is um, my uh, farrier business that I started 16 years ago and have always focused my practice on hoof rehabilitation. We have an on-site rehabilitation facility outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we see horses abroad, um, outside, off the farm, internationally, and I also have a school where I teach alternative uh, hoof care methods like glue-on composite shoeing, uh, reading radiographs for the farrier, and also 
um, how to interpret hoof distortions for internal anatomy. Where, what is your background like? How did you learn all of this? Did, is there a school for this? Right. I know. I mean, there really isn't. Um, I'm an artist uh, at heart and went to art school and I, I uh, was a sculptor. And um, so to me, the feet are like sculptures. And I actually had a horse that got sick and he had foundered. He had laminitis. And I had a wonderful farrier who put the rasp in my hand and said, hey, you know, you can help me with his feet, but learn on your healthy horse. And so I just started studying everything I could study. And my mentor was wonderful because she was very supportive of my educational journey and just trying to absorb everything that I could. So I went to all the conventions. I rode along with as many farriers as I could. I studied with the people that were designing composite shoes and, you know, innovating bluing uh, to learn the latest techniques because at the time that felt very friendly to me to the foot. And little did I know what a niche it was going to become. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this is something that you've kind of created. Uh, so t- tell us about what are composite shoes? Sure. So composite materials are um, anything that falls in the category of foams, rubbers, or plastics. They have a very specific material property and durometer, which is a measurement of tensile strength and hardness. Um, and so composite shoes would be anything made of composite materials, which is why there's such a wide variety of them and um, that we can put onto the horse's foot. So are they nailed on? Are they glued onto plastic or rubber shoes? That's pretty, uh, that sounds, Glenn can probably attest to this. Sounds expensive. My wife has been, (laughs) my wife has this needy horse, a thoroughbred, of course, and she has this really great farrier who's been, because they could not nail, his feet were so screwed up when we got him, they could not nail a nail in there. So they've been using composite shoes for probably two years now. And I do know as a horse husband what that costs me every six weeks. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Probably the only drawback to them is the cost. Well, yeah. I will say this. Um, the farrier takes her time. She's here for two hours. These, it's not a s- slow yeah. process either. It's not a, or not a quick process. I mean, it's a, it, it's a methodical process, but it has improved his feet over this period of time greatly. So, so is there a, yeah. a, a situation, Daisy, where he could stop having glue on shoes and go back to nailed on shoes? Well, yeah, some of them can. It depends on why he's in, in glue-ons to begin with. You know, if he had poor quality wall and you were able to improve that foot to a point where he could go into nail-on, some of them will be able to maintain that foot now that you've set him up for success. And some, unfortunately, either don't have the genetics or their foot has degraded to a point where they can no longer grow a healthy enough foot that they really rely on glue-ons long-term. Sorry, Glenn, I tried. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you're so, right. It is a very methodical process that does take a lot of attention to detail, a lot of foot preparation so the glue actually stays on. And just like learning metalwork or learning, you know, trimming, it takes a, um, a study of your material management process and behavior. Gotcha. So what horses would need something like what all of a sudden you're like, this horse needs a plastic shoe or this horse needs a rubber shoe. What are the, some of the the reasons that you would, you would recommend that? Yeah, good question. So there are really two classes of situations we see where we use composite shoes. Um, Certain performance disciplines gravitate to composites like our endurance horses, our trail horses, um, mainly because they're taking so many steps over and over and over 
Um, some school of thought is that uh, plastic has a different impact on the foot with concussion or shock absorption. Mm-hmm. Although more current research uh, leads us to believe that it actually has more to do with the frequency of the vibration. We know that higher frequency vibration is harder on soft tissue than lower frequency. Think about um, the opera singer uh, who ha- can sing a very high octave and will shatter the glass she's holding in her hand. You remember the old Cascade commercial? Yeah. I'm oh, aging yeah. myself here a little bit. But, you know, so higher, higher frequencies can, can actually have physical harm. So the higher vibration, some horses' feet don't seem to tolerate that as well. Um, or if they're a performance horse where they're taking many steps over time, over and over and over again, like endurance horses, um, they like the composite material because the, ho- the horse's feet stay sounder, healthier, and they have a very robust protection for being on the trail. So it's good, like other- shock absorption, basically. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The other situation that we, we like to use the, the composite shoes, of course, is with therapeutic application. So, Glenn, in your horse's case, where you had a horse that didn't have good wall and there was really no room to nail, that would be the case for a glue-on of some kind. And you can glue aluminum shoes. You can glue some metal shoes. But composite materials are also wonderful at building. So you can build what we call prosthetic foot, where the horse is missing material. And that's what like they were trying death. to do. Yeah, that's what they were trying to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, or if the wall is missing, you know, you can build that back in with glue and composite very easily. What do you say? I, 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 I hope I'm not opening it a crazy door here, but what do you <laughs> say to people that are like, no horses should ever wear shoes ever. They don't need shoes. Barefoot, the barefoot sure, right. crazies. Yeah. So we, you know, we hear that. We also hear the opposite, right? You know, every horse needs a metal shoe always. So there's the extremes. And so to me, it's about um, keeping our horses sound for the job that we are asking them to do. You know, horses are domesticated animals. They don't live in a natural environment. And so, and we ask them to do non-natural things, you know, riding them, turning in lots of circles, working on different footing. Um, You know, not, not every horse can maintain a bare hoof or say, develop a healthy foot in a timely manner. You know, sometimes it's just, okay, maybe if you gave it 10 years, this horse could have a strong enough foot to do that barefoot, but I want to ride now. Yeah. Keep it in the stall for, you know, 10 years and then you'll be good to go. Yeah. Or just deal with a rehabilitative process that becomes, uh, you know, stressful and burdensome to the horse and the owner. You know, there's, there's bigger evils in life to me than adding a protective device of some kind. And we have so many options now, you know, with, with boots and Composite shoes versus metal shoes, um, hoof casting, um, e- any of these things, even something like hoof armor, that's a, you know, a topical we put on that puts a, a light acrylic coating on the foot. Um, they're all protective devices. And so, I think to have limited mindset is, um, is unfortunate. So if, you, if, you, if it was the ideal world and money wasn't an issue here for people, would you always yeah. do glue-ons and never nail again? Well, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I don't think nails are, are evil. You know, driving a nail into a horse's foot is not not the worst thing on the planet. Um, I, I like to stay away from nailing personally just because the kinds of horses I work on usually don't tolerate nailing right. well. Right. But there are plenty of horses you can use a composite shoe nailed on or a composite shoe with glue and a couple of nails. That's really beneficial. So, yeah, you know, nails to me are not, not the issue. I think the biggest issue we have with the horse's feet is 
management environment. And honestly, the, you need a good trim on the foot, whatever you're putting on the foot. You just need a balanced, healthy trim to start with. So you work with a lot of horses that have metabolic issues, maybe some laminitis. Um, What do you, kind of give us a little overview on that. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's such an issue and, and it's so rampant these days. I mean, it seems like everybody has a couple horses in their barn that is suffering with metabolic problems. And then two in a muzzle right now, two wearing muzzles. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, for me, um, the most important part of helping those horses is that somebody needs to be the team leader. Um, you know, there are so many components. Laminitis is a disease of prevention. And um, if we don't minimize all the risk factors for these horses, then they're going to have problems. So somebody needs to be aware of diet, environment, hoof, hoof wear, how the foot horse is trimmed, whether it's turned out on grass or not, does it need a dry lot? Um, and so if the owner can do that, that's wonderful. But often the owner is so overwhelmed that they don't have the emotional range to make objective decisions for their animal. And then sometimes the vet doesn't have time, you know, they're having to help so many horses in crisis. So the farrier often sees the horse also the most often. So I'm often in a position where I'm kind of the person that's um, organizing the effort to help these metabolic horses. And I, I really love doing that kind of work and, and seeing these horses turn around. Wow. So w- w- I, I'm, we're running out of time, but where can people go to find you and find out more? Thanks. Yeah. So I have my website for my hoof care services is daisyhavenfarm.com. And I have a school site as well, which is integrativehoofschool.com. And I have two blogs on Patreon, which are under Daisy Haven Farm and under Daisy Bicking. And one is on advanced case studies and pathology work under Daisy Bicking. And the Daisy Haven Farm one is a beginning trimming and hoof care course. I tried to look at some of the extra. You've got, you do have to be a member to read this blog, but it's really, uh, if you're like kind of nerdy about hooves like I am, it's very kind of in-depth fun stuff to read. Like, I want to see the radiographs. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, we try to keep it as inexpensive as possible, but I love sharing and I love taking the time to put those things together. And so, you know, for a small fee to compensate me for my time to do them, I try to give as much information and detail as I can. Oh yeah, absolutely. We have, we have Patreons here that listen to our show, so we get it. Um, well, Daisy, thank you so yeah. much for coming on. I hope yeah. we can have you on again, because this was awesome. And you're a very uh, great guest. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. I'd love to do it again. So Daisy, okay, cool. I'm never done, right? This is going to cost me like hundreds of dollars every six weeks <laughs> forever. Screwed. I'm saying I just have to come back to that. Yeah. because. Uh, uh, yes, I, I think you should just resign yourself. That's what it's going to be. Well, you know, for a while it was all four feet. Oh, that hurt. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. so you're at least... I got a 50% discount now. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, that's, that's a positive <laughs> the spin there, Daisy. That's, that's great. Matter, yeah. Right? Yeah. Positive. Happy, that's what matters. Again, like I said, all of a sudden it's like, it's free. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's I right. mean, come on. That's right. I hate having yeah, you both you on at the same time. That's not good. For <laughs> Daisy and I are a good team. All right, Daisy. Thanks. Girl. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Take care guys. Bye. <laughs> I got to say it has helped us feet. At least that's what Jennifer tells me because what do I know? Right. So all I know is like, she keeps saying, but it is helping. Yeah. Okay.
It costs. <laughs> it actually could be more. The, I mean, the poor farrier. She she is a special. She kind of is like a daisy. She works on feet like this, and she's here for two hours doing those feet. I mean, again, you get what you pay for. I mean, you know, and, if and somebody slapped them on to really two hundred and fifty dollars for two feet. How much? Two hundred to two hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's. That's so that's what it costs. But, it, you know, but then the horse is getting better and Jennifer whines less. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife, happy life, Glenn. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's go hey, to our next guest. But I wanted please. to mention that this health segment was brought to you by the Horse Nutrition Podcast on the Horse Radio Network. And again, now in their third season, each show. By the way, can I say award winning? Because Lisa Waisaki submitted this and they won the podcasting award for the American Horse Publications. So... Yeah, so it's very exciting that uh, Lisa and the gang and I edit that show, and and, uh, it takes a long time to edit because we edit it heavily. Um, But they're in the third season. Each show highlights some of the world's most extraordinary horses, how they're trained, and the kind of nutrition they have, and what kind of... uh, uh, what kind of nutrition it takes to really fuel their performances. Episodes this year, including training Hollywood movie horses, which I believe is the next one out. Ooh. And I, that was fun. That was the most fun interview. Therapy horses helping veterans. That's today's that's out. Your Brave Hearts program. You'll, you'll hear that today. And an inside look at the traditional charro horsemanship. It's all part of Purina's Full Rain documentary series. Go to PurinaMills.com slash Full Rain to see all the films, interviews, and to find the podcast. Podcasts, or you can find them on the Horse Radio Network app as well. Speaking of the Horse Radio Network app, you all, if you have an up, you use it and you haven't gotten the update done, there's an update available for you, Apple or Android, and you're going to find some new shows on it. And one of those new shows is our newest one on the Horse Radio Network. It's called Rain in Your Herd. And we're going to get the host of that show on right now. One of them you're going to be familiar with. Her name is April. She had come on our show for a long time. She's a listener of ours, an auditor of ours, and she lives in Germany. And she came on doing hints for businesses, really some helpful hints on uh, what to do for your businesses. And she is one of the hosts of the show. I just saw, too, that she's going to be finally... They were. She was supposed to transfer back. She, their husband's in the military, and she was supposed to transfer back out of Germany right before covid Oh, man. And then they got put on hold. Literally, they were going to move that next day. So oh. they finally found out that she gets to move in August now. But talk about heartbreak. I think everything was packed. Well, hi, guys. We have April and Laura with us, the host of the Rain in Your Herd podcast. And a welcome to the Horse Radio Network. Thank you. We're so excited to be on the network now. Well, yes, I- it was exactly a year ago that we did our joint segment. So it's super fun to be back. <laughs> yeah, and you guys, that's right. You kind of started on our show. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, April used to do regular updates, and then uh, Laura joined her one day, and it was like, yep. I think it was a marriage made. Look at us. We're, <laughs> we are matchmakers, Jamie. Uh, well, we got to help somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the show. What's the show? What's it about? So we have the Raining Your Herd a podcast and it's p- basically to help equine businesses grow online and we give tips on you know all the different types of platforms but also we're giving business tips with like starting your foundation um how you should be uh, you know approaching your business like a ceo all those types of tips we have like business coaches that come on and we've had business owners and talking about how they've started and how they've grown and just 
all different sorts of businesses come on that are equine related. So it could be boarding stables, uh, retail, you know, anything, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm, Yep. Uh, Trainers. We've had bloggers. Pretty much anybody in the equine professional world is on our podcast or we've kind of tried to reach out to them. Laura, how, ha- how has it been the last couple of months with equine businesses, obviously with some of your clients and you, you know, you have your ear to the ground. Uh, you know, it seems to me some have done very well and some have had a really tough time depending on where and what they were. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like, um, you know, the big barns that had to shut down, that was a huge, huge bummer. Um, I personally board at a small private barn where there's, four of us. And then it's all just training horses. So there's not a lot of people going in and out. So we were allowed to keep going as normal. And she actually got kind of a boost in training horses because she could take stuff in when other people couldn't. So it's been, if you had an online offer and if you had a way to keep serving clients while not serving people, (laughs) you did really well. But the you know, the bigger areas where it was just constant people, they pretty much had to shut down and that was hard. What did you, you know, what did you tell them? What, you know, what was your advice during that time? Um, To work on your foundation. Like, you know, if you have been thinking that you needed to get email marketing set up and you have been pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off because you're too busy serving clients, you know, go back to the basics and make sure that you have things automated and set up so that when you can open again, things go really smoothly for you. Yeah. So work on the basics that we, yeah. we never get around to the website and, you know, all of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you have a tip today, do you have a tip for us that we could give to equine businesses that are listening? Yes, we do. We are saying don't do all the things. So I know that seems silly, but uh, a lot of people try to, especially with social media marketing, they're trying to do all the things, be on YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, try to do their email marketing, do everything at once when really we want them to just focus on one or two platforms, really dive into those and stay consistent on those platforms. I'm glad to hear that because we don't do all of them very well. Um, so, so it makes me feel better. Uh, Twitter's one that I just never, I, you know, we're there and we do post, but I just don't get it. I And I know Jamie's going to agree with that because she's tried Twitter a couple times and she, she failed miserably no. at Twitter. I'm too old. Uh, yeah. I, I've tried to understand it or whatnot. And I've been on there a little bit. And if there's certain people I want to reach, it's easier to reach them on Twitter because for some reason the email notification comes to them quickly. But that's the only reason I there's pop on Twitter. There's people that love Twitter. They seem to be tech mm-hmm. people. They seem to be artist type people. They mm-hmm. seem to be a lot of professional people love Twitter or their celebrities love Twitter. And I, I just, <laughs> just <laughs> I can't follow a thread. I just, it's just awful. Uh, yeah, but it seems- and then you have to read our president's tweets, which is just bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, with uh, Facebook, uh, that seems to be where horse people, for the most part, live. Uh, Facebook mm-hmm. and what Instagram now? I think are Instagram, the two. Yeah. yeah. They're the two big ones. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which we don't do a very good job either. And thanks to April, we actually have an Instagram account. (laughs) I know. Joy does our Instagram for Retired Racehorse Radio. And I'm like, you're young. You do the Instagram. I don't get it. 
<laughs> we just post my 19,000 photos on Facebook it at one time. It does sound like two senior citizens are hosting this show when you talk like that. You're right. <laughs> Again, uh, let's 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 get into TikTok or what? I don't know. Oh I have to God. ask the kids what's new. That was that's TikTok's really blowing up for the equine industry, especially the younger gouts are really getting into that and doing all their horse challenges or rider checks, and they all jump on it. But is their- that good for business, or is it mostly just people playing? Some people are jumping on there with their businesses now, and they're actually like, "Will that ruin their- it?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing is if you want to jump on to TikTok, it's like just learning how to edit those videos and such because another platform will probably eventually come out and want to edit videos a similar way. Just like Snapchat stories became Instagram stories and you learned kind of how to edit that way. Wasn't let Vine really the... Let me, let me, let me ask, yeah. what the hell is TikTok? Can you explain it? Oh, yeah. So it used to be called Musical.ly and it was pretty much where you would just like sing to a song and just look like you were lip syncing or you would be dancing to that song. And it's kind of stayed the same like that. But now they have like TikTok challenges and certain songs have different movements and everybody tries to do them their own way or different industries have their own little challenges. Like for horseback riding, there might be rider check challenge and they jump into their riding clothes or whatever um, kind of thing. And it's just, it's all video, short video, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all video and it's really addicting because you'll just like keep swiping and swiping and then like before you know you're on there for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, they're really short videos. They're all under a minute. And so you can watch a lot of them. Wasn't Vine I, the predecessor to this? They went out, yeah. but Vine yeah. did this, right? Yeah, yeah Vine was like uh, like 15 second videos, but yeah, pretty much they're pretty much very similar. All right. Well, where can they go find your show? Obviously, they can find it on the Horse Radio Network app right now. It's on there with all the past episodes. Uh, then why you're... did you ask? I mean, geez, you just answered your own question. Where can they find it? Oh, I didn't want them to forget to, to mention that. Uh, so, so now I'm going to ask you, other than the Horse Radio Network app, <laughs> where, where do they go? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, pretty much every major podcast platform. April has done a fantastic job using her tech magic to get us everywhere you listen to a podcast it's good and you're also on the horse radio network all shows feed i wanted to mention that oh awesome yeah so we have about a thousand people now that listen to the all shows feed and those are the super fans otherwise you'd never get that feed but it has every episode of every show we put out and uh i did have some people say well it was only the last episode of the rain in your herd podcast that was out there we can't put all the past episodes on there it would just clog it up so that that feed is really meant for the new episodes coming out so to find all the past episodes just find rain in your herd on the horse radio network app or on any podcast player and you'll find all the past episodes uh you just can't listen to them on the horse radio network all shows feed uh, welcome to the family ladies yeah. thank, thank you, you. We're so excited we really appreciate it thanks yeah, guys well. good luck have fun all right all right see ya so let's talk serious for a couple minutes <clears throat> we don't do that very often but <laughs> we're gonna do that today as I said, Black Rains couldn't make it today. We did invite them to be on. It just was a scheduling conflict. But I, I got this email, and then I discovered that uh, a similar kind of email was sent out to a lot of businesses in the horse world, whether they were manufacturers or retailers or whatever. And this one, and Jamie and I will tell you after doing this for 10 years, that when an email starts with, I'm a listener, and that's one of the first things it says is, I'm a listener you know that they're not a listener. (laughs) 
Like why? This, why is that? I don't know. But every one that starts that way is usually ends up being junk email for me. It's not a listener. Or I, I listen to your shows all the time, and then they go on to try and sell you something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It, you know, it says, I listen to your shows, or I'm a big listener, and then they go on to try and sell you something. Well, this one starts, and then I compared it with a couple of pe- people, my friends, who also got similar emails, and they're awful a lot alike. But what it basically said is, what's the Horse Radio Network doing about the Black Lives Movement situation? What's our stance? Well, first of all, if they listen to our show, they know, they already know our stance, right? We we have, uh, you know, I often say, my dad always said, you know, actions speak louder than words. And I think our actions, we have been highlighting uh, with Black Reigns uh, f- for almost two years now. They come on every month. We have people of color on who are riders and trainers, and they've been some of the most terrific guests that we've had on the show. And, and I mean, I don't even know why, I, I don't even know why we have to say that. I, I, I know. You know. If you know either one of us, or you listen to either one one of us the hey my business intent of equality with <laughs> yes. us it, i mean it's like not even well, a thing well let, let's just throw in there that our longtime producer and my business partner for the florida podcast network and a producer our biggest producer on the horse radio network is african-american and you all know her that you've been listening for a long time jammy so i you know i i don't and then let's add to that that jamie's co-host now this is the funny part of this. I'm going to tell you the funny part of this. There is a funny part. Uh, Jamie's co-host on Retired Racehorse Radio, Joy is Black, right? She is African-American. Uh, so the funny part of this, and I shared this with Joy. And, uh, <laughs> so I, I decided to engage, which I, oh God. I know, I know. Do you have this printed up in front of you? Can you read no, it? No, because I deleted it. I was so pissed after this next part. So I just wrote back and I explained all of this. I said, look, my business partner is African-American. A host on Retired Racehorse Radio is African-American. Joy's African-American. And I was convinced this person hadn't listened to any of our shows anyway. Um, so, And we've been doing regular segments on this for years. I don't think we have a problem here. Uh, and they wrote back and said, well, that may be the case, but they don't sound like they are. Excuse me? <laughs> That's the point where I just gave up and deleted it. And I told Joy, I wrote her note, I told her about this whole thing. And I said, Joy, obviously you and Jemmy need to sound more African-American. It's a problem. And she just laughed. because. <laughs> so, th- I'm sorry. Talk about the most racist love- statement you've ever heard. <laughs> Right I would love to know who actually. Well, I don't know. Took See, that's the time the thing. to write that. What was the race of the person who wrote that? Like that seems to. They be... They never give you information. The trolls never give you information like that, and you don't know if the name they gave was real either. You know, so and it was very similar to ones that other places have gotten. So oh, I think I I don't know. I don't know why. You know what they hope to accomplish? Was Maybe this? They... Do you think this was a listener? Or do you think it was a troll? I think it was a troll. If, 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 let me just, let me take a moment to reach out to my listeners. If this is you and you wrote this email to Glenn, will you please send me a message? Please. I need to know. I need, I need, you know what? I need you to educate me on what we could be doing better. Would that, you think that'll get him to send me a message? That'd be great. Cause I would love (laughs) to talk to this person. (laughs) Cause they really don't want that kind of engagement. That's not. 
you know, they want to crucify. I, and I really want to hear what you think we should be doing. So if you could please send me a message, well, and, that would be wonderful. And then I don't know if you saw the Chronicle article that caused all the stir. There was, oh, my God. I could only get halfway through that, uh, that one. You can go to the Chronicle and see it yourself. But, and I don't want to review it right now. But one of the things, and we had this discussion with Black Rains when we first had them start coming on. We asked the question, why are there not more blacks and, or African Americans in the horse world? And the answer he gave, and that we've gotten from several of the guests we've had on over the past couple of years, is opportunity and money. And, you know, if you think about that answer, that they don't have the opportunity, there just aren't horses where they live, they, there's just not the opportunity, right, uh, to be around horses. And or And then if there is opportunity, it's the money to follow it up. And if you think about that, though, that's true. I mean, it's true in the African-American community for sure, but it's also true in many communities. It's also true of people, you know, who grow up every day wanting a horse and can't afford one and don't have the opportunity to, 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 to even ride one. Uh, so opportunity and money is true of the horse world in general. And I yeah. think we are somewhat elitist in that it it's not a cheap sport. And there are ways I think we can improve. And I think that was this article on the Chronicle. I mean, it, the, the comments on it were unbelievable. But one of the things that came out of it was one of our listeners said, and she's a teacher, and I'm not going to say her by name because I don't have permission, but she's also an auditor. And she said, look, I teach all people of color. That's She's a teacher, and that's all she has in her class. She said, I would love to get them around horses, but it's opportunity, right? They haven't had the opportunity to be around horses, and they don't have the money to go take lessons. And what came out of that, her saying that, was a bunch of other of our listeners, which I think says a lot about the people who listen to our shows, all of them chiping in, and it became this, I don't know if you saw it, but it became this whole long thread on how they could start a fundraiser to get these kids the clothes, the helmets, or whatever they need, and then the money for lessons, and now that's being put together to get this little subsection of children that are in in this person's class uh, to go out and to get exposed to horses. Maybe it's once, maybe it's twice, maybe they're not interested after that, but at least to get them to visit a horse. That's how change happens. It happens on that small granular level, especially in our world. We can't make a big change here. We can't force people to go out and look at horses or to hang around horses or to brush one, but we can offer them the opportunity to and help in this case, it was a bunch of listeners getting together and talking about, you know, donating things and donating money and helping that happen. But that's how that change happens. By the way, that makes me so proud. And that says a lot about the shows on the Horse Radio Network, too, I think, because we wouldn't have those kind of listeners if we weren't that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? I, I, yeah, it absolutely does. One of the, the my favorite things I've ever done in my entire life, and the thing I'm most proud of is spending my, when I was 19 and 20, I volunteered for two years in a row at the Kentucky Horse Park because they had inner city youth from Louisville and Lexington come to the horse park and work with the Mustangs. And it was the most, I, I don't think they do it anymore. I don't know what the, the funding was, but it was BLM Mustangs all from Carson city, the prison that got sent to the Kentucky horse park. And we taught, we went to Equitana one year and rode in Equitana in Louisville. And then the next year we took all these kids up to Clinton's inaugural parade, the second inaugural parade. And we rode all these Mustangs in the parade. It was awesome. And, and stuff like that. 
that's opportunity. You have to you have to and they try were to all, find a way to all, make opportunity. They were all out of the city, right? Were they yeah. were they uh did they have challenges? Were they all kids with challenges or if challenges means trying to, you know, stay off the street, yeah, that yeah. was their challenges. Okay. But no, they were just inner city youth that they they just had never been around a horse before. And so they came up with this way to get these kids bust out, uh, not bust out. They, they would pick them up and then bring them out to the horse park. I think it was like 12 or 15 a year. And it was just one of the still coolest do that, things. Don't they? They still do I don't program. know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Cause I don't live in Kentucky anymore, but I've, I would love to start something like that again, but there was so, I mean, the BLM was involved. The, uh, the, Boys and Girls Club was involved, you know, so there was a whole lot of people involved, but it was so awesome to watch kids that, you know, the horse would poop and they're all like, oh, you know, and then to like fast forward, they're cleaning it up before it even hits the ground, you know, catching the in the shovel. You know, so we had a, we had a lot of fun. And if we can figure out a way to kind of do that again, it was it, it's so rewarding and so helpful. And just, you know, teaching any kid about horses right. is rewarding. Yeah. Teaching taking my six-year-old son out there and being like, this is a horse, you know, this is what we do is so, it, it just helps the next generation. I don't care what race you are. Just, you know what? Lo everybody love everybody. There you go. Well, That's and, the bottom you know, line. And it doesn't, do I think there's racism in the horse world? Sure, because there's we, there, it's made up of people. There's <laughs> so, racism yeah, everywhere. everywhere. It's not you know, in just the horse world. Dr. Wendy Ying, host of this show, you know, doing the driving and, and actually co-owner here of the Horse Radio Network, she would claim there's racism against, you not racism, but she would claim, look, I'm the only Asian. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of Asians either. Uh, and, and she will say the same thing, opportunity. I don't know that, it, you know, opportunity and, and, and money again, it's, that's what it comes down to. So do I think our sports elitist, you know, in, in many sectors of our sport, many disciplines? Yes, I do. I think yeah, that, I don't have the opportunity or money to do some no, of the things that I would like to do. I just, there but. was a good, somebody just posted here. They wanted to go, and this is one of our listeners. I think it was our auditor said, I wanted to take my horse to a jumper show. It cost $375 before I ever paid the entry fee for everything else. Yeah, this is an elitist sport. How you fix that, I'm not quite sure. And and how you fix it is you don't show. You 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 enjoy your horses other ways like Jennifer and I do, right? Um, there are ways to enjoy your horses and, and try and make it affordable. Uh, but you're not going to be showing at top levels. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I... Are there problems in this industry? Yes. Jamie and I talk about them. We've had some very serious <laughs> you know, conversations There's about the problems problem. in lots of industries. Yeah. Yep. That's and are there problems in every discipline out there? Yes. Uh, you and know. that's why people are marching in the streets because they want to make the problems stop and bring awareness. And I just, my, I, some of these stories that I've read that pe uh, things people have been through, you go look at Holly Bennett, her husband, Gamal mm. wrote a piece on his Facebook page about stuff that he has dealt with. And especially that he's married to a blonde white woman. And he talks very honestly about some things he has been through. And it just breaks your heart because some of us, we would never ever behave like people behave. And you, it's, it's almost unimaginable how people behave and it's horrifying how people behave. And so when you look at, at you look at yourself and you're like, I don't get it. 
you should talk to people. Well, I got talk to people and see what they're. If you through. do want to learn a little more about that, and you want to learn it from somebody that y- you know, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, and that's that's our producer Jemmy. She did an uh, episode of People of Florida. That's her show, where it was just her talking about her experiences in life. Uh, and I've come, you know, obviously I've traveled with her doing our travel show for two years. We spent a lot of time in the car together and we've had this discussion about race. And I think we both learned things through that discussion. I learned. Have you seen, have you seen things? Let me walk in. First of all, I look 60, right? Or at least 50. Um, she looks, she's (laughs) 40 and looks 20. Uh, She's African-American. I'm this old white guy. And we walk in places together. Yes, we we would take bets on while we're sitting there. We would take wagers on whether it was the age or or the race. That was the reason they were staring at us. I would I would probably stare simply because you're so tall and she's short. (laughs) God, we didn't put that one into the equation. We should have added that in there. I'd be like, wow, how does she make out with that guy? (laughs) But we couldn't, and you know, and she would say, I guarantee you they think I'm working right now. And you all know what I mean. No way. Yep. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, probably. I don't know. People are assholes. Yeah. Well, and, but that's, but that's part, that's, it's a racist statement. And the ironic thing was we are, we are, we are co-owners of that business. (laughs) What's nice is people think you have money to pay for that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how people afford that, but uh, <laughs> well, that guy must be. Loaded. That was always a deterrent, right? <laughs> Again, opportunity and money—it all comes back to that, doesn't it? So, oh my you know, god, but, this article on the Chronicle. Oh. Sometimes you have to read between the lines. Is maybe the worst piece of garbage I've ever written. And then or go ever, not read, written, read. Being Let's clarify that you didn't write it. You read phrase. it. You said written. What? You, you said written. You read it. You didn't write it. You said I've ever written. You, no, you I, you read it. That's ever been written. Okay, good. Me. Yeah, <laughs> no. And then to to read being a bay in a field of grays is like so much more powerful. Oh God, I just. All right, go if you want to learn more and you want to you want to have your heart ripped out. Go listen to People of Florida, the most recent episode that Jimmy did. Uh, and we're just going to leave it at that. And, uh, we're going to call it a day here. We're going to come back, uh, tomorrow with, uh, Mary and Jennifer going to be talking horse training, and then we'll do some really bad ads on Friday. So join us for that. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. All right, let's take a deep breath and we'll call it a day. We're going to come back and talk about horse shopping adventures right after this with the auditor post show. So stay tuned for that. We'll see everybody. Spay, neuter, and geld. And everybody love everybody. Enjoy, would you please sound more black? Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. What's wrong with you? She said she'd work on it.